Oh, there's more of you back here. Yes. Beans and nachos to you, too. <laughs> Buenos dias. Um, thank you so much for this honor and privilege to share and uh, see familiar faces that um, we kind of frequent uh, in different occasions and we get to see each other. Um, <clears throat> as Brian said, um, my passion is just to help individuals um, get unstuck, help them get over the hump, if, if you will, and also uh, just help them see their identity in Christ. Um, I have the privilege that uh, not only as a counselor or a therapist, I can help people do that, but because I am a Christian, I can also help them in their faith. And uh, one of the things that came to mind as uh, Tom reached out and um, asked me to, um, to be able to uh, do this this morning with you is a topic that may not be common to men's gatherings. I know uh, you've been doing this for a while, and even um, hearing uh, Sal, he's uh, been coming for 15 years, Sal. And uh, it, it can get a little monotonous. It can get a little repetitive. It can get a little uh, ruddy, if you will. And, uh, and so as I was meditating and praying on uh, what to share uh, from God's heart um, to you this morning, uh, God downloaded this topic in my heart. And I, I have to admit, I was like, really, Lord? Like, you know, like questioning his sovereignty and, you know, his all-knowing power. And it's like, really, God, are you sure this is for this day? And um, obviously, I lost that, you know, battle pretty quickly. But... I titled today's talk, and obviously we're going to um, discuss it amongst ourselves in our tables, um, but it's a topic that I wanted to intentionally download um, so that you never forget it. The tormented life. Now, I'm not going to talk about spiritual warfare or, or anything like that, um, but I want you to walk away with that thought. What, what is the first thing that comes to mind when you think of a title like that, The Tormented Life. Some of you are probably thinking about your wife. <laughs> Stop right there. <laughs> a tormented life. A tormented life uh, could be anything from, um, you know, a picture or a scene of a movie where uh, there's, you know, interrogation going on, maybe some waterboarding, you know, where they're being tormented literally and physically. Another um, vision that may come to mind, at least for me, is uh, being a Mets fan. <laughs> you want to know torment? Be a Mets fan. Uh, and the Yankees are right behind because they just played another week. That's all they did because, you know, their demise is coming up. Ooh, okay. Okay, you're awake. Okay. The worst tormented life is being a Dallas Cowboys fan. That's probably the worst, right? No Cowboys fans here? Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Now, in all seriousness, there's a tormented life that many of us in this world today are probably living. And that is the life of unforgiveness. Unforgiveness. Um... Again, it, it, it's one of those topics that probably focuses more on the emotional aspect of who we are. But I believe that uh, God wants to speak to us in this topic. And I just want to bring some information to you. 
I want to bring a biblical passage to kind of undergird uh, uh, the focus of this topic and um, kind of apply it in a way where you can uh, see exactly what God is saying about unforgiveness. And if you turn with me uh, to Matthew chapter 18 in your, um, whether it's your Bible app or your actual Bible, or if you want to write it down, Matthew 18, it starts to uh, uh, talk about a story. Jesus is narrating this story about uh, a man who owed some money. He had a debt and he came before the king. And uh, this is what it starts to say. Verse 31, Matthew 18. When some of the other servants saw this, they were very upset. Now, let me pause there. The, the man that had the debt came to the king and the king forgave him the debt. And he owed what would be approximately in today's age millions of dollars. So now this man goes uh, and when he's, you know, out and about, there's a servant that he had, a person that, that he knew that owed him money, but it was in comparative, it was only thousands of dollars. And he refused to forgive him. And so now verse 31, it says, when some of the other servants saw this, they were very upset. They went to the king and told him everything that had happened. Then the king called in the man he had forgiven and said, you evil servant, I forgave you that tremendous debt because you pleaded with me. Shouldn't you have mercy on your fellow servant just as I had mercy on you? Then the angry king sent the man to prison to be tortured, other versions say tormented, until he had paid his entire debt. And look what verse 35 says. That's what my heavenly father will do to you if you refuse to forgive your brothers and sisters from your heart. It doesn't say you won't make it to heaven. It doesn't say, it, it says, my heavenly father will allow you and I to live a life of torment. And that life can manifest in different ways. Obviously, we are a whole being. We, we have a physical aspect, physiological aspect of who we are, our DNA, our genetics, our makeup. Some of us are um, um, not, not, not too good looking. Where's the sense of humor in this group? What, ha what happened? <laughs> Oh, Tom Greco's not here. That's why. <laughs> he's here. He's here somewhere. Hey, Tom. <laughs> Some of us carry predispositions of what our parents had. And the combination makes us who we are from a physiological standpoint. But then we have our spiritual sense. The, the, the breath of God in us, when God created Adam and saw it was good, he, he breathed into him life, the soul, where we think, where we feel, where we choose. And these aspects of who we are, connected with the mind and how we process everything that we experience, all of this becomes who we are holistically. And so when Jesus is talking about a tormented life when we don't forgive. He's talking about all those different aspects of who we are. In fact, if we break it down more specifically, and yes, I'm getting a little older, so I can't see without these beautiful things here. Uh, there are different aspects of how we 
can live a tormented life when we choose not to forgive. But before we go into those details, the question is, what is forgiveness? What is the true meaning of forgiveness? Uh, psychologists generally define forgiveness as a conscious, deliberate decision to release feelings of resentment or vengeance toward a person or group who has harmed you, regardless of whatever they actually deserve your forgiveness. And there are three types of forgiveness. Exoneration, forbearance, and release. Exoneration is the closest to what we usually think of when we say forgiveness. Exoneration is wiping the slate entirely clean and restoring a relationship to full state of innocence it had before the harmful actions took place. Then forbearance is when uh, you hear the things that may get a little complicated to explain this. Forbearance applies when the offender makes a partial apology or mingles their expression of sorrow with blame that you somehow caused them to behave badly. It's called gaslighting in today's culture. An apology is offered, but it's not what you had hoped for and may not even be fully authentic. While you and I should always reflect on whether there was a pr provocation on our part, even when you bear no responsibility, you should exercise forbearance if the relationship matters to you. And then the last type of forgiveness is what we'll call release, and we'll focus on that today. Release does not exonerate the offender, nor does it require forbearance. It doesn't even demand that you continue the relationship, but it does ask that instead of continuing to define much of your life and my life in terms of the hurt done, you and I choose to release bad feelings and preoccupation with the negative thoughts that continue to ruminate in our minds and hearts because of what has happened. So, what is forgiveness? Forgiveness is identifying a hurt, whether it was from a person, an event, a group of people, and release we, we, we make a choice to release that and say, I no longer associate my emotions, my thought process, and anything connected to what happened in a negative way. Because the consequence of not doing that is what Jesus said our Father would allow us to engage in, which is a life of torment. Now, we're going to break up into our groups in your tables and we're going to discuss this and if we're honest this is not a typical topic to discuss at seven o'clock in the morning especially with a time crunch we have a we have a, a day ahead of us we have to um you know focus on what we need to do today and i i understand that now as a therapist we have a space for this right and it's a sacred space we want healing to occur we want um, some, some of this can take some time, right? So th that's not the goal today. The goal today is not for you to necessarily walk out of here completely healed, although it can happen. The Lord can do that. Amen? Amen? Now, 
So, so let's not go into this with high expectations of, I'm going to feel better once all of this happens, although it can happen. We'll be open to that. But I do understand how difficult it can be to create a mindset where we allow the Holy Spirit to help us be honest with ourselves and dig deep and think about individuals or circumstances that have hurt us to a point where we may have even suppressed it in our brains so that we can live our life and continue to survive. Because guess what? Our brain is wired naturally to connect. But when we experience trauma, it rewires itself to protect. And so that's why you and I, specifically as men at times, struggle with our relationships because all of these defense mechanisms are walls, cinder block walls that we build up to shun everyone out. We protect ourselves. We, we don't want to experience the pain again. We don't want to experience the disappointment, the letdown. We don't want to experience what connects us to shame and guilt. And so we put up these walls. And we, we act like everything's fine. But you, you know, the Holy Spirit knows and wants to reveal to you that there is still some pain that lingers and there's unforgiveness, perhaps, that is causing a life of torment. Now, what does a life of torment look like? Well, from a physiological standpoint, we have such an advanced uh, time and age of medicine and science, and yet we're the sickest people in the history of the world. One of the most common issues that I see in my office are individuals struggling with autoimmune diseases. The most ever in the history of the world. Things like uh, celiac disease. Things like IBS, irritable bowel syndrome, digestive issues. Things like lupus, Graves' disease. All of these autoimmune diseases, guess what it has in common? Your body fighting itself. A life of torment. Cardiovascular issues. Where your blood pressure is constantly having the need to be regulated by medication. Nothing wrong with that. This is not a shame thing. This is not, uh, uh, you should feel bad. That's not what it's about. Sal, briefly, and, 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 and when I saw him, I'm like, wow, yeah, he did lose a lot of weight. And he shared that. He said, I, I was heavier. But everyone saw it but me. And what happens is when we harbor, we, we, we hold these things within. And, and as men, we're good at that. We're good at just compartmentalizing. Uh, Sam talked about the left brain and the right brain. And, and I, under my breath, I, I told Mark, uh, Matt, I said, yeah, and the no brain too, right? <laughs> but as men, as men... Guys, never forget this. As men, we have the capability, more than women, to compartmentalize. God wired us that way. In fact, our brain, you can picture it as having boxes in it, where we have our career box, our marriage box, our family box, you know, being a father, 
um, our, 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 you know, going fishing box, all of these different recreational things that we do box, our fanatism box, and then we have our nothing box. That's where our wife says, honey, what are you doing? We say, nothing. Literally, we're doing nothing. And those boxes don't touch. So when we are focused on doing one thing, that's what we're doing, and we're going all in doing that one thing. Women's brains are like a ball of yarn. Everything's connected. So, honey, how was your day? Well, um, so in the morning I, I met with mom and I called her and then, but then my dad was there and I don't know what happened. And then, no, but did you call uh, your son? Because he's been calling me all day. And it's just like, you're like, we compartmentalize. So if we have a box of all of these memories of pain and suffering, and, and sometimes we don't even know how to classify them. And this is why I want to make sure we take out this time to do this. Sometimes we don't know how to categorize the people that hurt us. Because sometimes we don't want to put them in a bad light. Maybe our, our dads, maybe our, even our moms. We experienced emotional abandonment when we were children. We don't know to categorize it that because now as adults, we're showing up in our relationships as not being able to connect. And it's because when we were little, our mom was not necessarily nurturing. Our dads were not teaching us how to love and say, son, I love you, perhaps. Or maybe we were disappointed in high school when we had a relationship with a female and the female made fun of us. And no one knows that about you because, you know, that's kid stuff. But it did something to you. It broke you. And so you get older and now you objectify women. You don't see them with the value that they deserve to have. And so we, we produce all of these habits and behaviors and we become addicted to things like pornography or work or uh, alcohol or substances, anything, or, or just working really hard. And so God says, if you don't deal with those things and, and, and apply forgiveness, like I forgave you for all the hot mess that you were, I will allow a life of torment. So here are some questions that I want you to discuss. I know it's heavy, but we're men. We can do this, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. Some of the questions that I want you to consider at your tables. Is there someone or something that you can identify that you know you have not let go? That you're still tethered to somehow, emotionally, mentally? Would you be open to discuss that? You don't have to mention a name or even a, a, a relation. That's not the point. The point is the willingness to get it outside of yourself in order to be able to deal with it in the right way. That could even be God. Some of us, sometimes we experience so much pain that we don't want to admit the fact that we're upset at God. God, why did you allow that? God, you're all powerful, you're all knowing. Why didn't you stop that? So maybe we need to forgive God. Or maybe you've experienced breakthrough in your life and you keep 
going back to a repetitive cycle and the person that you need to forgive is you. So I want you to focus in your tables, identifying potentially who or what you feel you're still tethered to that's producing aspects of torment, because maybe health-wise, health maybe you're not sick, but maybe mentally, you, you, it's just like your mind doesn't stop and you're not allowed to focus. It, perhaps it has affected even your job, your career, because you, you're just, you have that foggy brain. So try to identify if that exists. And then, um, what is stopping you from forgiving? That's another question. And if you've experienced forgiveness and you want to share with the table what that did to you, how did that make you better? How did that help you show up in life in a better way? So those are some of the questions that I want you to consider in your talk. Is there something out there or someone and, and if they're not living any longer, it's okay because forgiveness is not necessarily you having to tell the person or ask them for forgiveness to release them. Forgiveness is an emotional disconnect, a choice to say, I will no longer allow this offense to control or dictate how I'm showing up in life. And if you are true and honest with yourself, you will dig deep and know there is something or someone that is still kind of holding on to the heart. This is what God downloaded in my spirit for today. And he knows best. So let's let's get in, into our, our groups. Take a few minutes.